0: This is Achieve the Possibilities with your host, Pam Hargis, business owner and Focal Point Certified Coach. Welcome to Expect to Sell and Get the Deal. Today's session, we're going to be talking about a number of things around sales. One is relationship building. The other is goal setting for sales success. And then how do you mix the two of those together so that you have really strong results? I know a lot of times when I talk to people about selling, they want to tuck their tail between their legs and run. And because selling today is very different than back in the day, cold calling and cold selling just isn't working. And in fact, when you think about it yourself, you don't like to receive a cold call. You don't like to be cold sold too. So you then in turn transfer that same thought process to your own inabilities to sell, quite frankly. So we're going to get over those things, and we're going to turn it more into you want to sell because now it's a conversation. Now it's relationship building. But the very first thing we've got to do is we've got to back it all up and really set that stage for success. As you'll hear in future podcasts, as well as in the one that I've done already around networking, um, goal setting is a huge part of being successful. So when we think about setting the stage for success on sales, the first thing is, what are your current sales goals? Now, you can come up with all kinds of goals for yourself, but the first thing I want to do is challenge you to really checking off the boxes for, are they SMART goals? SMART being an acronym, S-M-A-R-T. Is it specific? Is it very down to the point fine tune it. What is my sales goal? For example, your sales goal needs to say something like, I want to have 25 sales today. That's very specific, 25 sales. Is it measurable? Well, we just had a number thrown out there. A lot of times people will tell me when I ask them what their goals are, they'll say, well, I'd like to make more money. Okay, how do you measure more? Or I'd like to reach more clients. Okay, again, how will you know you've been successful if it's not measurable? The next one is attainable. Yes, it might be great if you're a realtor to say I want to be in the $5 million club by next month. But is that really attainable? Is it more attainable to say I want to be in the $5 million club by the end of the year? Realistic really fits with attainable. Is it realistic that you're going to achieve that goal? If you're just starting out on a new business, for example, and you want to have brought in 50 clients in the first quarter, is that realistic? Or is it more realistic to say, I'd like to get 10 clients in the first quarter? Is it timely? Always make it time-bound. When we set goals for ourselves, we're going to be more successful. But when you put a time on it, now you're holding yourself accountable. The other thing you want to do for your sales goals is set them large to small, future to today. What do I mean by that? Well, when I say large to small, let's go back and say, I want to be in the $5 million club by the end of the year. All right? The end of the year is 12 months away. What do I need to achieve every quarter in order to get to the $5 million? What do I need to achieve every month in order to get there? And not only achieve as far as a dollar point of view, but also what are the activities I need to do to be able to get to that? And then the last thing is future to today. By the end of the year, quarterly, monthly, all the way down to daily. You know, Brian Tracy said, keep yourself positive, cheerful, and goal-oriented. Sales success is 80% attitude and 20% aptitude. So one of your goals needs to be, what is my attitude around this? Where do I stand? How do I feel about my goals? You know, one thing when I talk to people about goals and especially sales, not only do they tuck their tails, but they get this real fearful look on their face. So I want you to start thinking today about enjoying what you do around sales. Think about yourself as a problem solver, you're matching needs to objectives, and you're building relationships. That has a much more positive connotation for ourselves as well as the person that we're trying to sell that next widget to. As opposed to, I'm a salesperson, I'm a telemarketer, I'm knocking on doors and I'm begging for business. Do you hear the difference? So many times I talk about relationship building and Quite frankly, it boils down to just developing a conversation. You may not get the sale immediately, but when you can establish trust and you can establish that two-way conversation with someone, you're going to go so much further. One way to go further is to really dig in with open-ended questions and active listening. As I've said before, God gave us two ears and a mouth for a reason. Let's start using our two ears. So open-ended questions, they are questions that you ask where someone has to give more than a yes, no, or maybe answer. So some examples of that might sound like, tell me about yourself. Tell me about your business. What are your sales goals? How are you doing against those goals? Maybe you're a realtor, and your question might be, what would your new dream home look like? Perhaps you're a salesperson for insurance. Your question could sound like, if you could design your own insurance plan, what features would that include? Now, guys, I'm just giving some examples here. You can certainly change them around to fit what you need to do. Another one I love is, tell me about your employee benefits program. Any question that you can start with a tell me is always open-ended. Let's say that you're selling computer services. You might say, there are so many IT and computer services out there, which do you use and what do you like about them? Marketing professionals may use, how are you positioned to compete with your competitors? Or what are the biggest challenges your business faces today? All of those are great examples of open-ended questions. Think about the environment you're in right now and what would be a good open-ended question that you could use to get your clients talking. Because the more that you get them talking, the more nuggets of information you're able to grab and then you can use those nuggets in fitting to the product or service that you have and helping them solve their problems, helping them overcome any issues that they share with you. You know, speaking of issues, there are those wonderful things called objections. And this is probably another reason why when I say sales, people go, ugh, I don't like sales. It's because of dealing with objections. So here are some tips to help you through objections. And they're ones that I have found in all my years of dealing in sales. You know, a lot of reasons why people object is they don't understand the product or the service. You may know your product and service inside and out, but did you do a really good job of helping them understand the service that you're selling? And if you think about where is my style, how did I come across to their style? Did I speak in a language? And I don't mean English versus French. I mean the words I used, the mannerisms in which I used. Did I speak in a language that they could understand? The other reason people object is they don't like change. I'm comfortable with my Ford F-350. I'm comfortable with using this type of product. I don't want to change. Another reason they do it is past experiences. Oh, well, I had someone that was a friend of my uncle's sister, and she said, how many times you heard that? They might have their own personal experiences, and it may have nothing to do with your product or service, but they're bringing that to the table. And that, in turn, is what might be turning them away. Maybe we didn't do a great job of describing the value. As I mentioned in one of my networking programs, the value of what I do is drawn out in pictures and visuals for that client to see. If all I did was show a bunch of numbers, that's not demonstrating value, especially to someone where I don't see numbers. I see visuals. I see pictures, color. The other thing that might be the problem is we didn't really talk to the decision maker. This person stepped in because the decision maker didn't have time. Or the decision maker sent this person to kind of get a feel for what is it you're trying to sell? And is it really worth their time? So, of course, all of these things, we want to make sure we prepare ahead of time before our conversation so that we can overcome these objections. But guys, let's face it. The number one objection you're going to get, I don't care what you're selling, is price. And the reason why you're going to get that objection more times than ever is because that's the easiest one for me as the consumer to get you to turn around and run the other way. All I have to say is, I don't know, your price is too much, or I don't know the cost, or gosh, I think I can find that cheaper elsewhere. But I'm here today to challenge you. Don't tuck tail and run when you hear price. Think about this as that's their way of getting you to leave. That may not be the true objection. So what you want to say instead is, wow, that's interesting. Instead, or in addition to price, what other objections might you have? Or what other concerns might you have? Now think about that. If I were to say to you, while price is indeed important, let's go ahead and get on the table other objections or concerns you have. Now what I have done is I have acknowledged price, right? Because that's what they've said but I want to get to the underlying reasons. What else might be their concern? Because when I look at those other concerns, now I can address those. I'm not the decision maker. I've had these other experiences. I like what I'm using today. Now I can really get through and start talking about those objections. I'm sure you've heard Getting an objection is a good thing, and I'm here to tell you it is a good thing because that means they're still invested in you. They still want to have a conversation with you. So let's make sure we do. So let's talk about those objections a little bit more. Back to that price. You know, a lot of customers, what we want to understand is, is it their ability to pay or is it their willingness to pay? Two very different things. Willingness increases as I increase the desire for this customer to have this product. So if I come across and I make sure that the product I'm selling focuses on that customer's needs, what are the problems we're trying to solve here? Then their willingness to pay becomes much higher. And again, that's very different than the ability to pay. I can be very willing to pay you $10,000 for this service, but I may only have two cents to my name. See the difference? The other thing is be proud of your services and therefore your price. So many times we're willing to second guess our price and we start cutting down our price just to be able to get the sell. Well, maybe that's not the best thing because the minute you start cutting down your price, What is that doing to the value of the service that you provide? It's cutting that down, too. And your customer sees that. And in many cases, they may still say no. So keep that in mind. I'm not interested. Another one you may hear. Again, it may be you just did not really do a great job of relaying the benefits and putting them in a way that matches that customer's ability to understand what you're trying to get across. How does it fit to what their needs are? It could also be they're not the decision maker or, quite frankly, this just wasn't a good prospect. Sometimes you just have to acknowledge that, too. Another thing that's a great way for you to understand, did I really do a good job of demonstrating what my product or service provides, is when they say, well, I'm not really sure that this is going to meet my needs, I'm not really sure what this product does for me. Go back and ask more open-ended questions. Did we truly identify the nuggets? Did we truly identify what are their problems? And how do we match those to their needs? The last thing, of course, is how do you differentiate yourself? How do you set yourself apart from all the others that are out there selling the same service or product that you have? When you can answer that question, add that to the value and the benefits that you bring to the table. What I'd like to do is wrap this back up by coming back around to our own internal frustrations with sales, because let's face it, that really is what can prevent us from being successful. Remember what Brian Tracy said, attitude is 80%. Okay, well, let's talk about that attitude. Within our own frustrations, The fear of failure is 80% of the reason the customer doesn't make a buying decision, but it also is 80% of the reason why we don't succeed in being a seller. Fear of failure. So that's on both sides. Think, put yourself in the buyer's position. I just invested all this money in your product or your service. What if it doesn't work? Fear of rejection. Again, on both sides, it's also accounting for 80% of the reason why we don't ask for the business. We are fearful that they're going to say no. Well, what have we got to fear? Remember, objections are a good thing. That customer is still there. They're still allowing you to prove to them that this is the right product or service for them. So continue to treat those those objections as a request for further information. And quite frankly, they have an interest in your product or service. That is always your opportunity to put two and two together and then close the deal. Don't forget to close. And that's going to be another episode in the future, is how do I close? Positive expectations are very powerful. So as we said at the very beginning, set your goals. When you go into a sales conversation with someone, have your goals in mind for that particular conversation. Don't let it just be, I want to sell this widget to this person. Break your goals down. How many nuggets of information do you want to obtain? How many additional names do you want to get from this person as potential referral resources? When you go in with those goals, you're going to have a very positive outlook, but the one goal you want to have at the very beginning is, what does this conversation sound like and what does it look like when I close the sale? Thank you for listening. If you'd like to learn more how you can achieve the possibilities, please visit my website at pamharges.focalpointcoaching.com or feel free to call me at 386-847-8028.